Hey guys, this is Kim Lapree from the Teachers Need Teachers podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Be sure to check out all of the other amazing podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. I'm telling teachers to stand up for themselves, to self-advocate, to say no, to set boundaries. And I realized like when I started setting boundaries that all the people that I was really upsetting were the same people who are taking advantage of my lack of boundaries to begin with. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Well, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 38 of the Burned In Teacher podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. And of course, this is also episode three of the Summer Self-Care Series. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and as always, I'm absolutely excited and thrilled that you've decided to tune in today. I know you have a bajillion other options, or maybe this is your first time listening to a podcast and you've chosen Burned In Teacher, and the fact that you're tuning in today means so, so much to me. So thank you so much for spending your time with us today. In this third episode of the Summer Self-Care Series, Dana Thomas, creator of Happy Teacher Revolution, talks all things self-care, setting boundaries, and her own struggle with creating both of those things in her own teaching life. She also shares with us her mission to create a true revolution of happy teachers who can lead happy classrooms and happy lives. And let me tell you, you're going to hear in this interview, she and I laugh a lot. We talk so deeply about the need for teachers to take control. I feel like I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with her and talk for hours, which Dana, if you're listening, I hope really happens someday. Dana is a former Baltimore City public school teacher and the founder of Happy Teacher Revolution a Baltimore-born international movement with the mission to organize and conduct support groups for teachers in the field of mental health and wellness to increase teacher happiness, retention, and professional sustainability. Dana served as the national spokeswoman for the National Alliance on Mental Illness and the Music for Mental Health campaign. After teaching for seven years, she left the classroom to join the Johns Hopkins Social Innovation Lab, which led to Happy Teacher Revolution winning first place in the Johns Hopkins Social Impact Forum. She currently trains revolutionaries from around the world to initiate Happy Teacher Revolution meetings in their own communities. You can imagine how big of a fan I am of this initiative. You can reach her at her website at happyteacherrevolution.com and of course on Instagram at happyteacherrevolution. You're going to learn so much more about her initiative with the Happy Teacher Revolution and her extreme passion for creating happy teachers in this interview. And I can't wait for it to get started. So let's go. Dana, thank you so much for joining us on the Burned In Teacher podcast today. I'm so honored that you're spending your time with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really, really grateful to connect and to talk more. This is really exciting. 
You know, you and I have such similar paths and, and passions with serving teachers and helping them through these challenges that they're facing in education. So tell us a little bit about uh, where you started. Let's, let's lead up to, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago. You know, what is your story of education and how did you get to what it is that you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Great. So my journey with Happy Teacher Revolution started before I was a teacher, when I was still a student. And the reason I say that is because when I was in high school and college, I suffered from crippling anxiety and depression and panic attacks. And I represented the one in four Americans who grapples with a mental illness, the one in five college students who's contemplated suicide. I represented the statistic that the onset of mental illness most frequently occurs between the ages of 17 and 24. And my teachers were my emotional first responders who truly saved my life. I mean, Ms. Balderson was the one who recognized those subtle changes in behavior as warning signs, and Ms. Goro was the one who provided me with medical information to seek treatment and to get help, and Professor Oren, Professor Sampson, provided me with life-saving differentiation and accommodations uh, that, you know, really made such an impact. And, and I wouldn't be here talking with you today if it, if it weren't for my teachers. And so they were the reason that I became a teacher myself. And for seven years, I served as a Baltimore City public school teacher. And I have to admit, I was completely blindsided by the emotional demands of the job. Mm -hmm. uh, the demands that no matter how many books that I read or um, how many ways that I thought I could prepare for, I, I felt completely um, just shocked and, and unprepared for, for those emotional demands, specifically working with uh, children who have experienced trauma firsthand. So, and we know that trauma in a child's life can range from any number of things, whether it's losing a pet or losing a parent, moving neighborhoods, moving countries, experiencing a natural disaster, witnessing an act of gun violence. And part of my healing journey as an advocate for mental illness has been serving as a national spokeswoman for NAMI Maryland, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and the Music for Mental Health campaign. And because I was really outspoken about a topic that's typically wrapped in stigma and shame and secrecy, mm -hmm. so many teachers, like my colleagues, my friends, shared with me things that they were struggling with that they hadn't necessarily admitted to another colleague before. And I quickly realized that like so many of us were suffering in silence and isolation uh, with some of the professional demands in terms of like the stress and anxiety as it relates to the job. And I really just wanted to create a community for us to come together. And first of all, to raise consciousness of self-care because when this started in the 2014, 2015 school year, like self-care was not trending like it is now. And so it really like began as a grassroots movement to just talk about how self-care self is professional development. And so I started holding Happy Teacher Revolution support group meetings in my own kindergarten classroom and other people's classroom in the basement of a church and yoga studios on the Johns Hopkins campus, like anywhere I could find. And in 2017, Happy Teacher Revolution went viral. And Education Week had come to my school to write a story about us. It was like our first big piece of press. And they took pictures of us having a Happy Teacher Revolution meeting in our teacher's lounge that we had converted into a wellness space and once the article went live I started hearing from educators all over the country all over the world who are interested in initiating happy teacher revolution support group meetings in their own communities um, and so in the fall of 2017 I worked with a team of experts to write and develop our online 
curriculum, which, which trains revolutionaries. These are the individuals who initiate and lead these happy teacher meetings um, in their own communities all over the country, all over the world. So right now, Happy Teacher Revolution is being held in 22 different states in the US. Our largest site is in Oregon, um, and the second largest school district in Oregon, Salem-Kaiser Schools. And we are also global. So our largest site internationally is in um, the International School of Dakar in West Africa. So what I mean to say is that the stress, the, the pandemic of teacher stress is all over the world. I mean, in our own country, uh, according to research from the University of Missouri, uh, it's reported that 93% of teachers, nine out of 10 teachers are experiencing high levels of stress. So when we look at just the US population, which is 3.6 million teachers, that means that an estimated 3.3 million teachers are stressed out, which means that 80 million kids are sitting in the classroom of a stressed out teacher. And teacher stress affects student behavior, academic test results, and also it leads to burnout. And according to the US Department of Labor and Statistics, in 2018, uh, more teachers left in 2018 than any year on record. And 50% of our teachers are leaving in the first five years, which means that we're spending an estimated $7.3 billion every year. I'll say it one more time, $7.3 billion every year. Let that year. sink in, just I let mean, it sink in. It's, like, it's insane. And it's, if we're gonna be data-driven and education and let's look at the data like let's look at the numbers let's look at the money that we're spending on constant teacher recruitment and turnover and so mm -hmm. you know I asked myself how might we create the time and the space for teachers to heal deal and be real about the social emotional and intellectual demands they face on the job so my wow. solution is a revolution a grassroots movement of of teachers coming together we organize and conduct support groups for educators in the field of mental health and wellness to increase teacher happiness retention and professional sustainability so you know my dream is for this to be a workplace wellness movement that we're making systemic change mm -hmm. um, and how we're professionally uh, developing and supporting teachers before their teachers while they're teachers and then when they're veteran teachers and keeping great teachers in the classroom because so many great teachers are leaving and a lot of great teachers are leaving for other professions but also to climb the professional career ladder often it, it takes great teachers out of the rooms with kids and so you know I want to create an opportunity for teachers to be leaders um, and to also have extra income for their own self-care and wellness by by leading these spaces and these communities so well, answer to your question. Well, that is like, that is the end of this burned in teacher episode. You've heard everything you need to hear. That's a very very good answer to that question. Wow, you know, long winded, yeah. everything you said though, it's just you know, just I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear, even though this is such a sensitive and sad topic mm -hmm. because yeah. you are saying everything that I'm saying you you're just adding numbers to it and you know this this shame that is surrounding this you know the idea of burnout and anxiety and depression because burnout is clinical depression it's it has to stop and like you said you know if we are as teachers if we're being asked to analyze the data and respond to the data yeah then we should be treated we should be treated with the same respect and yeah and so our feedback matters our, our stories matter and so it sounds like you're bringing those stories to light have you ever suffered with burnout yourself now you said that you struggled with anxiety 
Um, and you ended up obviously leaving the profession. Did you leave the profession of education because of burnout or did you leave because you were pursuing happy teacher revolution? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so yes, I've absolutely experienced burnout. I've experienced burnout at different phases of my career also. And it sort of looked and felt different um, during those different times. Uh, so I'll, I'll first start by saying um, I left the classroom for four different reasons. Um, the first was that I was burnt out. The second reason was that I wanted to dedicate more time to Happy Teacher Revolution because it, it was picking up so much speed. And um, the third reason that I left was because, you know, I honestly, I realized that I could make a difference in the lives of more children, more students by, by supporting their teacher. Um, and I honestly think that also the last reason I left was because I felt like I had figured out a tool um, to professionally develop and support educators in a way that I wasn't getting at my school at, in my community at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I had come up with a solution to this problem and I wanted to try it out. But I'll go back to sort of like what burnout looked like um, throughout my career. And when I talk to schools and do presentations, um, I have a moment where we really unpack the differences between burnout, compassion fatigue, uh, secondhand or vicarious trauma, and moral distress. And I talk about how all of these things can be happening um, in a teacher or caregiver's life simultaneously, but they're each unique and different. Mm -hmm. um, and I talk about how for burnout, you know, burnout can happen to first year teachers in their first week of school. And it happened to me as a new teacher in the very beginning, I was burnt out. I remember um, having students who um, were getting different services from our school psychologist, our school social worker, and they would be getting pulled for services. And I would look at them and I would, I would think to myself, when am I going to get pulled? Like mm -hmm. I am, I am the grown adult in front of this room full of children who I feel like I'm on the urge of a breakdown every day because I'm staying up late. I'm going to grad school. I'm working on my lesson plans. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm wake, I'm waking up and coming to school the next day, like not having to get in a full night's rest, not eating a healthy breakfast, not actually taking my lunch break to eat lunch, not going to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom. And like, I just was, I stopped doing things that were so important to my self-care before going into teaching. Um, for example, music. I'm a musician. I play the saxophone. I studied music in college. And my first year of teaching, I didn't pick up my saxophone once. It collected dust. Just this disconnect of sort of like how my identity became Miss Thomas, and I forgot to take care of Dana. Um, so that was something I definitely felt as a new teacher. The year that Happy Teacher Revolution came about uh, in the 2014-2015 school year was when I had 39 kindergartners in my classroom. Um, 26 of them were beginning language learners. We didn't have heating. We didn't have air conditioning. Every time I walked in um, to school, to work that day, I would have to brush off the mice droppings from their pencil baskets. And when I would microwave my lunch in the teacher's lounge, I couldn't tell how many seconds were left because of the cockroaches crawling in front of the numbers. And all the while I was working for an administration that was sexually harassing female teachers on the staff. And I wasn't feeling supported and I was feeling burnout. I can't so imagine was, why. Was, I, right, so like, so that was, it, that was it, sort of its own definition of burnout, but mm -hmm. I still was able to take my summers, my weekends, my like spring break to sort of restore and rejuvenate mm -hmm. um, and come back the next year. And, and to, I was also applying for model teacher at the time, which in Baltimore City ended up being like an 800 to 900 page dissertation, if you will, as well as like 45 minute video to 
apply to get a pay pay bump because when I got my master's degree, I didn't get any type of um, pay raise. And so I was applying for that. I had 39 kids and and I still was, and, cre and then that's how Happy Teacher Revolution was born. And so this was something that I started doing and leading in the community. And then I would say I, I, I hit the ultimate level of burnout uh, my last year in the, in the classroom. Um, and it was a different level. It was compassion fatigue, I think more so is what I'm talking about, is that like over a long period of time, the inability to refuel and regenerate, which meant that even after summer break, before the kids even showed up, I was like done. I just, uh, there were so many things happening and it was really interesting to come back, to step back and think about like after having left, like this is my first year out of the classroom mm -hmm. and thinking back on as to the emotional demands of the emotional labor and emotional fatigue. Also, you know, it was the first time and it's hard for me to talk about because it was this time in my life where I felt like I was leading a double life because I was so unhappy at work in the classroom and yet um, I, on my nights and weekends, would be connecting with people, talking about teacher mental health and wellness, like really building momentum around Happy Teacher Revolution, and people coming out to me with tears in their eyes and hugging me after I talked, like, oh my, like, thank you, and like, I just felt like, oh my, I, you know, it was the best feeling in the whole world, and then I would drive to school the next day in tears, sit in the parking lot for five extra minutes because I just couldn't, like, bring myself to the building, felt physical responses in, in that on, in that physical space, mm -hmm. like my heart would race, my, my breathing would um, get shallower. And, you know, and I, it was, it was really, really tough. And it was tough because, you know, like my class size had doubled from the year before there, there was all kinds of things happening. I was really public about leaving. And I, and I regret that in, in some ways, because I think I was taken advantage of. Um, I also, you know, was facing some discrimination based on what I was doing, what I represented. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I realized sort of firsthand, I'm grateful for the experience because I think like there's so many teachers who've gone through similar things and similar experiences amongst colleagues. Um, and just sort of like, I, I realized how disruptive uh, what I'm doing is to the mm -hmm. education system because mm -hmm. I'm telling teachers to stand up for themselves, to self-advocate, to say no, to set boundaries. And I realized like when I started setting boundaries that all the people that I was really upsetting were the same people who were taking advantage of my lack of boundaries to begin with. And yes. so like, I think I had to sort of go through this experience of like advocating for one's own self-care and wellness is going to be something that is not easy because mm -hmm. for so long, our education system, our, our teaching system has been built on the backs of educators who are predominantly women um, and their, their, their caregiver abilities, they're always saying yes, they're always, you know, thinking of others, they're, they're never advocating for themselves. And, I, and I'm learning more and more than certain cultures, certain genders, certain communities that it's even stronger, sort of this expectation to give, 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 and to never think about like, we need to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before assisting children those around us. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring up, you know, those patterns in the history. So if you look back at the history of education, it, it's so interesting. Have you ever read any books or, or seen or heard anything about, you know, the beginning of the, the school building? Yeah. Um, it's, it's so interesting to see how those patterns are still true today. Yeah. Predominantly women, you know, typically it was single women, you know, and they would leave after they would start a family. Yeah. This whole idea of making it this pretty space um, that you teach in. Um, 
And, and yes, again, that, you know, feeling, feeling guilty sometimes because, you know, this school is a family and this, this is just what teachers do, yeah. you know, disrupting that entire idea. Absolutely. So what you were saying is what I talk to teachers, you know, burned in is a process. So the E and it stands for extending your reach and your possibilities. So that is the part where I'm telling teachers your passions that you used to do need to become part of your day because if you if you continue on this path of saying well i what do you mean what do i do at night i create papers what do you mean what do i do on the weekend i plan for the next week you know if that if those are if, if that's what you're labeling yourself if those are your, your only possibilities you are bound to burn out you know and another thing that you said is uh you know about your story what you described your last year was my last year of teaching mm -hmm. because, and I think it all has to, it comes down to purpose mm -hmm. because my purpose had become serving these burned out teachers, you know, continuing burned in teacher and, you know, figuring out how I can best serve these teachers. And I was miserable at school and I had a great relationship with my coworkers. I had a great relationship with my students, but for sure, you know, my passion was now leading teachers and helping them to be happier in the classroom. And I, I think that's so interesting what you said about living a double life, because I felt, you know, that I was not, I was not doing the students justice at right. school anymore. Right. And that's what I preach to teachers too, who are clearly miserable and don't want to be teaching. You don't have to teach because that's what you've always done. It would be great if you'd stay because we need great teachers to stay but if this isn't your passion, you need to figure out what it is, you know, bring, bring more of that into your life. So you can make that decision, make a sound decision, not a reactive decision. Right. So tell me now, since you've left and now you are pursuing happy teacher revolution full time, and you are in all of these states and countries and you're going global. Can you explain to me a little bit, because this, you know, your episode is going to air um, during the month of June and July, we're focusing on self-care because self lack of self-care is burning teachers out. Tell us a little bit about what you take teachers through. Is it, you know, an eight-step process, a 12-step process? Can you help us to understand what it is that, um, that you're trying to teach your teachers about becoming a happier teacher? Yeah, great question. So, uh, we have two different ways that we certify educators and leaders in communities to become happy teacher revolutionaries. So these are the individuals who initiate and lead happy teacher revolution support group meetings in their own communities. So that happens one of two ways, either through our online certification model or in our in-person professional development model. So we're working from like top down and bottom up. So what I mean by that is um, bottom up, we're reaching individual teachers who um, have recognized a desperate need for this space in their community. They may or may not have the support of their um, school or district or, you know, may or may not have the financial support from their school or district, but they're participating in this space and, and leading more as like a community meeting, um, either in their school um, or region. And so those are our individual teachers um, or social workers or school psychologists or individuals that are have recognized the need um, to address uh, teacher stress and burnout. Um, so we're also working uh, top down. So these are with like larger school districts, um, charter school networks, 
uh, teacher certification programs. And these are folks who, um, in terms of like a larger group of individuals uh, getting trained to initiate Happy Teacher Revolution meetings or individual schools also, like with a principal and 12 staff members, for example, mm -hmm. um, including a social worker, maybe some classroom teachers too, and a school nurse. I mean, it could be anybody. Um, also at the district level, that could be like teacher mentors, um, or individuals who are supporting first and second year teachers, maybe some struggling teachers. So our online certification model is, um, is really great because we can reach people across different time zones. Mm -hmm. uh, we meet once a month over the course of six months uh, for our online class and we cover six different modules. So the okay. first is revolutionize self-care, um, then revolutionize relationships, uh, revolutionize community, revolutionize wellness, and revolutionize capacity for change. Um, so that's how our online program, and we are in, enrolling now. We're, we always do a, a rolling, enro rolling enrollment um, mm -hmm. to help support teachers um, through this online model. And the other is the in-person support group model, which means that a uh, professional development model rather. And so uh, we've condensed the six months of online training into two days in-person training okay. and going through those six modules. So we've done those, you know, with larger school districts. And again, as I mentioned before, charter school networks to train um, anywhere between 12 to 60 um, individuals in person to initiate and lead Happy Teacher Revolution meetings. So that's what the first phase. Um, and once an individual becomes a certified revolutionary um, or a site becomes a Happy Teacher Revolutionary site um, for that in-person model, then they're eligible for our next phase, which is the train the trainer, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Okay. For individuals to become trained to then train more revolutionaries um, and also a licensing model where we license our curriculum to some of those larger school districts and sites um, to utilize and train revolutionaries. So that's our distribution model. We've um, generated the majority of our revenue um, from the online certification um, and, it, and we've partnered with the Johns Hopkins Social Innovation Lab to expand it for that in-person professional development model, which has been really exciting. And we won the Johns Hopkins Social Innovation Award for 2019. So that was Congratulations. really- Congratulations. Thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, um, so that's been really exciting because you know I'm also thinking a lot about what professional development means for educators. And it's a $2.8 billion industry. We're spending between $8,000 to $12,000 per teacher for professional development. Some schools are paying this out of their own budget, but yet less than 29% of teachers actually find professional development useful. So mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I've, I've sat through some pretty bad PD and- Amen, sister. <laughs> like pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you think of the money that was spent on that. We're just yeah. not bad PD, but like the same PD every time. There's no differentiation. There's like, oh my gosh. Take me you know what? And let, like, let me ask you this question. You know, we are. I, this kind of goes back to analyzing data, and then really, you know, other people should be analyzing data. But how many times have you sat through professional development after being told to differentiate instruction, meet students where they are, and to make sure to capitalize on their interests? But you sit in a room. They're teaching this stuff. Whole group. Yep. Direct instruction the All whole time. Point. You're sitting the whole time. <laughs> you don't get to talk. It's not experiential learning whatsoever, right? Exactly. No, that has always made me giggle. I know, it's exactly. And so, and then the other thing too is even if it was good PD, 
all of the materials, all the money that they spend on all this stuff gets put in a closet somewhere or in the basement and you never look at it or use it again. And so there's no follow through. There's no follow through. And so that's what Happy Teacher Revolution is all about, especially that what we're exploring in our in-person PD model is, okay, we have two days of, a great, P, of great PD and we've, we've received really great feedback on our surveys, but what's really important to us is that connection and that communication afterwards. Mm -hmm. So for our mm -hmm. folks who do the in-person professional development, we connect them with our online cohort. So they're communicating with people over the world who are initiating these spaces. And we also have an app. So we have a social networking app where people are sharing resources and articles and videos and content. And you're, and you're seeing what some of the other sites are doing. And it's been really, really cool because That's you know a lot of our Happy Teacher Revolution sites have taken off in Huntsville, Alabama and Loveland, Colorado and Bend, Oregon. And they're all doing these really awesome awesome, cool, different things. And so that's, what's been really, that's what's really been just like been so unbelievable is like seeing people connect. And speaking of connecting and how you and I met is through teachers connect, teachers connect. Yes. That sort that whole idea of seeking out is the hardest thing. Those teachers that need the most help are typically not the ones that are, that are seeking out the support because they are in such a rut. They're in such, yeah. they're, they're in their silo so deep and so dark. And so that is something that I'm challenged by. And it sounds like with what you're doing, you're going out into the field and you're saying principals, districts, local support groups, bring us to those teachers, bring us, you know, let us share this information with them. So with your work with these teachers, you know, what is the feedback or, or with these districts, you know, how, how is it going for them? Yeah, it's been really awesome. So it's funny because there's a lot of like fear and apprehension going into it. Like, mm -hmm. Is this just going to be a vent session for my teachers? Mm -hmm. uh, is this just going to be like super negative? Is this going to be something they actually find useful or helpful? Like, what's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think what's been really great is just reading and reflecting and connecting with folks after the fact and hearing like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the first, the what really surprises people is the physical difference that they feel. So like at the end of a meeting, like just feeling not only the vibe of the room change of this group of colleagues or group of individuals who share a common theme of working and educating students mm -hmm. and supporting students, but um, just like the physical feeling. If I felt like a weight was lifted or um, the next day I saw my colleague in the hallway and they were smiling more and I could tell there, or even before I saw them from, from walking behind them, they're, they're, we're carrying themselves different. Their shoulders were different. And even more important than that was their interactions with the children were different. They were laughing. They were smiling. They were enjoying themselves. So it's like this, this tool, this framework is a way to support social emotional learning and trauma-informed practices in action. You know, like this is an actual way. This isn't just like sending an article about self-care to your staff every now and then. Like this yes. is a framework for us to come together as a community and to build that face-to-face -face human connection. I mean, we're always on our, our cell phones and our tablets and we live in a world where we think we're more connected than ever, but yet we aren't having those opportunities to, to, to develop human connection, you know, with other colleagues. And I think even the most successful teachers are feeling isolated. And here's why, because in order to set those boundaries and to like not take as much work home or to not have to stay as late when it gets dark out at school, like they protect their time. And so of course, like we need to set boundaries and protect that time. But for me, like that meant turning the lights off, shutting the door, 
hiding so I can get work done so that I didn't have yeah. to take a bunch of work home. And so, you know, our teachers aren't having the opportunity to connect with one another. On PD right. days, we're like siloed off by our by our grade level or by our subject area or whatever. And like, I worked in a school that was pre-K through eighth grade. I never got to connect with the middle school teachers, but yet we were in the same community, like with the same families and the same Absolutely. kids. And, yeah. you know, so it's like, I really want to create that time and space for teachers. If people feel like they can't talk about what they're feeling, or if they don't even know how to verbalize how they're feeling, but it's showing physically and it's showing through their emotions. How are you supposed to tackle the real issues unless we actually bring it in into a light? Because, you know, these teachers that are sitting in the shame and feeling guilty or, or feeling just like horrible people or, you know, sitting in that depression um, and feeling isolated and alone, like what you said, you know, that affects their instruction. And then a principal comes in and does an evaluation, gives them a bad evaluation on the way they're instructing or interacting with the kids. And they're looking at, you know, they're looking at that instruction specifically. But that's another, that's another effect of that, of that burnout. And I always tell teachers, burnout is not a cause. Burnout is an effect. It's an effect of all of these things that are happening and piling up. You haven't taken the time. You haven't taken, you haven't respected yourself enough to sit down and truly reflect and get quiet and think about what it is that's truly bothering you. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that self-care, that, that's a, that's a different kind of self-care than saying, oh, go get a massage. Go, yeah. you know, here's a free cup of coffee. You know, here's a box of donuts. Fill yourself with sugar and you shall be happy. You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's a different type of, of self-care than what, you know, sometimes people are saying. Absolutely. And I, I found it like especially clear in my last year that like I was spending all of my disposable income on quote self-care. So like mm -hmm. I was going to acupuncture every week. I was going to get a massage every month. I was getting a face facials and like going to chiropractor doing this and that and like doing all the spending a lot of money on like quote self-care. But mm -hmm. I had never felt like more burnout or isolated in my life. So no matter how many bubble baths I took, if I felt isolated at work, if I wasn't feeling a sense of community at work, like that's how it all escalated and then resentment kept building and isolation continued. And it was like, you know, mm -hmm. it got harder and harder. And so I think a real big piece of this is community um, mm -hmm. and connection. And we are literally at the cellular level, like we are drawn, there's the bystander effect. Like we, we need to connect with others. And especially for those of us in a caregiver relationship intense profession, right? Like yeah. how do we teach kids not to bully each other when there's grownups bullying other people? <sighs> I'm telling and you, just think, like, you're taking us to church you know? today, Dana. You're taking us to church today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. So I was talking talking to uh, Dr. Lau, and his episode will will air here in June or July as well. And he reminded me of a quote that I've heard before that says, "We're not human doings; we're human beings." And we are doing, doing, doing. And not only are we doing, 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 we are doing for others, things that we don't do for ourselves. And we are not busy being, being still, being connected, being kind, you know, and all of those things for ourselves, being kind to ourselves, you know, um, being present, um, all of those things that may sound woo-woo to some people, some of you listeners out there, but it's, it's so impactful in your life to stop doing and pay attention and just be. Because like you said, it doesn't matter how many bubble baths you take. If you don't change things where you are and where you are being, those problems are going to not just continue. They're going to, they're going to get worse. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that there's, 
been like two, a mix up between self care and numbing because I think mm. that numbing thing, like that that binging on Netflix thing, and like I've done it absolutely, you know, mm -hmm. but like that's not self care. And I think there takes a lot of self awareness before self care. And mm -hmm. I've learned that from connecting with our revolutionaries. And, and yeah. well, and sometimes it can be scary. It can be scary to really get go deep into why it is that you're struggling because you're gonna have to have some hard conversations. You're going to have to ask some really tough questions. You're going to have to take some really scary steps. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, taking action on, for your self-care and for your well-being is not going out and having four bottles of wine with your teacher besties. That's really fun. But again, just like the bubble bath thing, you're still going to go back. If you're only venting and not seeking support and seeking action steps, you're, you're not going to tackle the hard things that are causing you to feel the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what do you think is next for Happy Teacher Revolution? <laughs> so here's what's next. And this is a bit of a wacky idea. And my parents could probably kill me. But <laughs> my dream is to purchase a school bus and convert it to a tiny house and live on the school bus, spreading the message of Happy Teacher Revolution, driving around the country, and supporting educators after times of trauma, whether it's a natural disaster or a school shooting or the anniversary thereof, um, and holding Happy Teacher Revolution meetings for teachers being a presence for teachers and also giving live music performances from the roof of the bus. So that's what I hope wow. is next for Happy Teacher Revolution. And I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, I basically want to be Miss Frizzle is really <laughs> That couldn't be more perfectly placed. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, Dana, how can people find you? How can they reach out to you and ask you more about Happy Teacher Revolution or to seek support from you? I know you said you have an app. Um, can you tell us more about the ways that, that people can connect with you? Yeah. So I would invite you to check out our website, happyteacherrevolution.com. Um, my email's up there. I would love to connect and chat with with you if uh, for anyone who is interested in learning more um, about Happy Teacher Revolution. We are at Happy Teacher Revolution on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter we are at Happy Teacher HTR. Um, as you mentioned before we're on the Teachers Connect platform totally free for teachers to download. We have a Happy Teacher Revolution community there as well as on Mighty Network. So in the App Store for Android or iOS also on a web platform uh, check out Mighty Networks and uh, Happy Teacher Revolution is there. Uh, totally free to download and connect with us there too. And my email is Dana, D-A-N-N-A -N -N -A, at happyteacherrevolution.com. Mm. So I have one more question for you and then we're going to move on to the, uh, to the Burned Teacher Lightning Round. What is Ooh, one... I can't wait. <laughs> it's so fun with you know, all of these. We get, we get so serious. Um, in these conversations and so passionate. So it's just like a light way that I like to end the, yeah, I end love the that. I think but, I, but I do have a question for you. What is one thing that you want to make clear to our listeners before we end this interview today? The one thing that I want to make clear to everyone is that self-care isn't selfish. Self-care is professional development. So when we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have to support our own self-care wellness, starting at basic self-care, then deep self-care, then radical self-care, so that we can support the individuals that 
are in our classrooms, that are in our community, that are around us every day. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, self-care is professional development because this is something that we need to do to support our educators. We are in a pandemic of teacher stress and every single one of us has had an impact from a teacher. Uh, teachers made a difference in each and every one of our lives. And I just am so grateful for the teachers who made an impact in my life. And it has been my dream job to support and advocate for teacher mental health and wellness. Um, so I'm, I'm here to remind everyone who is listening to make sure that they are taking care of themselves. Teachers are not renewable resources. And I'm just really grateful to be able to connect with you and, and to spread the Happy Teacher Revolution movement. I am so grateful that we connected and that you took time to talk with us today. This, this was invaluable information. I feel like I say that every time, but I mean it this time, but I meant it all the other times before. I, <laughs> I'm so lucky to have the people onto this podcast that come on here. So you're so welcome. So the last part of this interview is the Burden Teacher Lightning Round. So it's just simple this or that questions. So just answer as quick as you um, hear what you would want to to choose on the spur of the moment. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right. New clothes or new phone? New phone. Football or basketball? Basketball. Wahoo! <laughs> University of Virginia, so I'm super excited that they put that to <laughs> That is pretty awesome. Car or truck? Or bus? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good answer. I love how you're thinking outside the box. All right. Ice coffee or hot coffee? Ice coffee. All right. Good answer. Oh, Dana, thank you so much. This was such a not only informative and stimulating conversation, this was so much fun. I had so much fun, Amber. And I have one last message to leave uh, with everyone is that you can't pour from an empty bowl and you can't teach from an empty soul. So thank you, Amber, for this soul-filling moment and, and conversation. And I'm just really excited uh, to connect with you and to have you in my life. So thank you for all that you do for teachers. Thank you. You as well. And I know this is not the last time we're going to be talking. <laughs> I know, right? We're going to keep talking like forever. <laughs> keep it rolling. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. I just love her. I love her energy. I love her passion. I love her ability to just spit out facts that are so impactful and help us to realize what a huge problem this is. And if you're a burned out teacher listening to this episode, you know the facts. You are living the facts without being able to say any numbers. You know how severe the problem is. And let me tell you my biggest takeaway from this entire interview is that self-care takes work. It takes doing uncomfortable things. It takes having uncomfortable conversations. It takes doing things that you've never done. In order to take care of yourself, you have to advocate, take action, and do what's right for you. I tell teachers all the time, if you change nothing, nothing changes. So that's my challenge to you as you go forth into the summer. We're getting pretty deep into summer now and you still have time and some of you have just gotten off of school. You have time to try some new things. Maybe that's listening to this podcast. Maybe it's exploring different options. Maybe it's having that hard conversation. Whatever it is, take that first step, take that first action and I promise you it will lead to you getting to a place of burn in. A 
a great first place to start is by naming your burnout, which you know I'm a huge fan of. I created a free quiz for it. Go to bit.ly slash B-I-T quiz, name your burnout, find out what your stage of burnout is, and of course, get specific action steps to beat it. Until next time, burn on everybody.